Welcome to Blue Hour, a podcast for seekers and thinkers, creatives and dreamers. Here we'll be exploring the convergence of shadow and light, the mysteries of life, and the musings of the soul through psychology, art, and spirituality. I'm your host, Adina Arden Cooper. Please join me on this magical journey as we expand our consciousness and infuse our lives with more wonder, love, and fulfillment. Welcome to episode one of Blue Hour. I am so excited to have you join me on this journey. Since it's the first episode, I'll begin with a brief introduction. My name is Adina Arden Cooper. For nearly 25 years, I've worked in service to others, educating, mentoring, counseling, and helping to heal heart and soul. I'm a licensed counselor, a national board certified teacher, and a trained health coach, but none of those things really speak to my passions or what I truly do. I consider myself a shadow guide and soul healing specialist, which means I help people discover the subconscious factors affecting their lives and impeding their ability to thrive. I teach people how to connect with their souls so they can realize their deepest, most authentic desires. Without going too deep into my methodology, I'll simply say that my passion for psychology, spirituality, and art converge in my work. This convergence is also the foundation of this podcast. I am so curious about the human mind, our incredible creativity, and the mysteries of existence. I'm prone to getting sucked into rabbit holes of contemplation and discovery, and I love having deep conversations. If these things interest you too, you'll probably, hopefully, enjoy this podcast. And just to kind of let you know, this is all quite new to me, so the technology piece is always the biggest hurdle for me. So please bear with me if there's any like hiccups and that sort of thing um, as I get through, especially these first few episodes. Um, also, another thing to note is that I sometimes use adult language, so be aware of that if you have little ones around um, and you don't want them to hear the F word, I would recommend putting in some headphones. Okay, now on to episode one, which is all about origin stories. So I have always loved superheroes. As a kid, I eagerly rushed to the TV after school to watch the Justice League and He-Man. I was captivated when Christopher Reeves portrayed Superman on the big screen. I enjoyed watching Lou Ferrigno smash things as the Incredible Hulk. And I loved, absolutely loved, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. I'm sure many of my Gen X compatriots can relate to all of this. As an adult, I'm no superhero expert, nor am I any kind of obsessed fan, but I still love a good superhero story. I've got two sons, and over the years, it was fun to bond with them through superhero stories, Pretty sure we saw every major superhero film um, that came out between 2010 and 2020. Superheroes always have an origin story. 
were interested not only in how they got their powers or special abilities, but also in what motivates them to do what they do. Knowing the backstory serves to put it all in perspective. It wouldn't be hard to get a bit consumed by the analysis of superhero origin stories. There are so many, and each one is interesting in its own way. For my purposes here, though, I'll simply summarize the origin stories of a few of my favorite superheroes, starting with Doctor Strange. Dr. Stephen Strange was a successful and brilliant, but horribly arrogant and egotistical neurosurgeon whose career came to an abrupt end when he lost his ability to control his hands due to nerve damage that he suffered from a terrible car accident. After this accident, he was devastated. He tried all sorts of medical and scientific treatments to heal his hands, none of which worked. He ended up turning to alcohol to cope, slipping further into self-destruction. He was desperate and vulnerable when he traveled to Tibet, seeking out a being called the Ancient One. He hoped this person being could uh, help heal his injuries. Healing does ensue, however, not in the way he expected. The healing that happens is not of the body, but of the soul. Strange becomes a disciple of the Ancient One, eventually achieving status as master of the mystic arts. He goes on to travel to other dimensions, engaging mystical powers to battle evil. I love the story so much. It just speaks to the power of spirituality, the um, benefit of taming the ego and seeking power within. Um, in this story, Strange had always had deeper emotional issues to attend to even before his accident. When he was forced to lose the ego identifications that led him to believe in his own superiority, he could no longer deflect or hide from his pain anymore. Profound inner exploration and significant shifts in perspective led him to realize his true power. There's something for all of us to take away in that. Another origin story close to my heart is that of Batman. You may have heard this story before, it's pretty popular, but as a young kid, Bruce Wayne was leaving a movie theater with his parents after seeing a movie when the family was mugged. There was a scuffle of sorts, and a couple of shots got fired, and both of Bruce's parents were killed right in front of him, obviously traumatizing the child. Bruce vowed to exact revenge, by becoming an enemy to criminals everywhere. His parents were wealthy, he inherited their fortune, which provided him with the resources needed to fund his crime-fighting operation. He dedicated himself to this mission. He educated himself, he was committed to excellence in physical fitness, he um, built his skills um, in innovation, uh, thereby shaping himself into a powerful vigilante. So his story is a little different in that he didn't have any kind of magical powers, but he like created them all on his own. Um, one of the things he understood was that harnessing fear would help him overtake his enemies. 
So when he was choosing a disguise, he was looking for something that would appear menacing and scary to his enemies. He's contemplating this, and as he's contemplating it, a bat swoops in the window, and bam, he has his inspiration. Batman is a nonconformist. He has little regard for the law. He doesn't care what people think of him. He's not trying to be a nice guy. He's, not, he's driven by, not by empathy, but by grief. Underneath all of the anger, power, and vengeance is a wounded and terrified child. Batman, in this way, is a metaphor for inner child healing and shadow work, which are my specialties. <laughs> so naturally, that story appeals to me. Um... I'll share also the origin story of Jean Grey, one of my favorite superheroes. So she is one of the most powerful mutants to join Charles Xavier's crew of X-Men. Jean was only 10 years old when her incredible telepathic abilities first manifested. She witnessed the tragic death of her best friend, Annie, who had been hit by a car. As Annie lied dying in the street... Jean tried to reach out with her with her mind, wanting to comfort her friend. Instead, she experienced Annie's death as if it were happening to her. Naturally, this was pretty traumatic for a 10-year-old, and Jean had a hard time coping. She became very withdrawn and isolated. She engaged in self-harming behaviors. Her parents enlisted the help of counselors, doctors, psychiatrists, but nothing seemed to help Jean. They eventually found Professor Charles Xavier, who was able to use his own telepathic powers to get into Jean's mind and help her. Jean's story is unique in a couple of ways. First, she was very young when her abilities manifested, so she wasn't mature enough to understand how to manage all of this power. Furthermore, her powers are extraordinary. Her telepathic capacity practically limitless. She's connected to something called the Phoenix Force, which is a cosmic entity of death and rebirth that contains all forms of psychic energy in the multiverse. When Professor X realized how powerful Jean was, he interred a sort of mental block in her mind so that she could remain stable until she was mature enough to learn how to handle herself. Because of that, it would be years before Jean fully understood her true nature. And this part of her story really speaks to me as a woman. In my opinion, Jean Grey is a sort of mascot for all women who've been cut off from their power prevented from discovering or knowing their true abilities due to external fear, other people's fear, or because they were required to conform to certain standards of behavior appropriate for their gender. Um, yeah, because of patriarchy, holding, holding women back. Um, superheroes are not the only ones with relevant origin stories, of course. Their villainous counterparts um, have them too. So these quote-unquote bad guys are typically motivated by their own pain and sometimes, often, have good intentions somewhere in their darkened hearts. Consider Thanos, enemy of the Avengers. Thanos wants to kill off half of all human life in the universe. Why? Why? Well, because 
when he was young, he witnessed and experienced incredible loss and pain when his home world was destroyed due to overpopulation. He's trying to prevent this suffering by eliminating the entire problem. Um, of course, he does so without regard for any kind of life and quite violently, but, you know, in there, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Same goes for Magneto, who is Professor X's former buddy turned enemy in the X-Men series. Magneto was an Auschwitz survivor. So because of the atrocities he witnessed, he doesn't trust humans. He believes that the human's propensity toward hatred, bigotry, and violence is an inevitable threat to, to mutants, whom he strives to protect at all costs. And given what he's witnessed, can you blame him? Art of all kinds has always reflected society and culture. Even, perhaps, perhaps especially, pop art, such as comic books and superheroes. These stories are more than mere entertainment or sources of big box office revenue. They're a representation of humanity. Origin stories specifically tell us about our main characters, which helps us connect to them on an emotional level. Of course, these kind of stories also paint a broader picture. Um, They tell stories, narratives related to themes like politics, crime, or technology that speak to what we're all experiencing collectively. So they provide a snapshot of, of culture and society in that way. Consider for a moment which superheroes are your favorites. What is it about their stories that resonates with you? And what does that say about you? If you've ever been to therapy or counseling, then you've probably told your origin story. Um, Therapy tends to include inquiry into the origin story because it's essential to know where one has been to understand everything that comes after. And no matter how good your childhood was, there's an inner child in you who may need some attention or comfort for one reason or another. No parent is perfect, but even when home life is great, we still live in a very imperfect world, which of course affects us growing up. One of the first things I like to do with my clients is collect their stories. Not just the origin, but the whole thing. I ask people to tell me about their lives from as far back as they can remember. This is such a potent exercise. First of all, have you ever sat and told anyone your entire life story? It's intense. It's also quite healing to have a safe container for your story. To actually speak it aloud and to be witnessed in that. I give people permission to share as much or as little as they like when we do this. And it's fascinating to me to observe the differences in how personal stories are told. Some people go into incredible detail, while others reveal as little information as possible. And some people genuinely can't remember their own lives. Of course, none of that is right or wrong. It's all just very personal in how someone tells their story. And honestly, it's not only the story I'm interested in. I notice not only what or how much a person shares, but how they tell their story. I notice their speech, body language, 
And I can sense their energy as they speak about things. All of this information helps me help them. It helps me meet people where they are. And then together we figure out where they want to go and map out how to get there. No matter what your story is, you can change it if you want to. Of course, you can't change the things that you endured or experienced, but you can change your perspective. You can change the stories that encompass the events. The stories that form tend to form in childhood when you're too naive to understand all of the complexities and details of what's really going on around you. Children are naturally egocentric, so when things are fucked up, they tend to think that they're the problem. Of course, it takes a lot of effort to undo this faulty thinking. The younger the belief formed, the harder it is to dislodge, even if, as an adult, you know things were never your fault. But unlearning and creating new neural pathways is possible if you do the work. I always felt that my own origin story was a sad one. My parents weren't exactly equipped for the responsibility of parenting. So I was raised mainly by my grandparents, who were also emotionally limited. I'll be honest and say that it's hard for me to even mention this here because I don't want to disrespect my family members. I'll get more into those complexities in the next episode, but for now, I have to acknowledge that my caregivers' failures affected my origin story. I always felt like I was a mistake, like I was never wanted, and therefore never should have been born. I devoured superhero tales as a kid because I desperately wanted to believe that there was a magical way out of suffering. These stories sparked my imagination. They made me think that maybe there could be some unexpected benefit to miserable experiences which gave me hope. As a child, I felt so ignored and unseen. I wanted to be special, to be worthy of admiration, respect, of a love. I remember spinning and spinning around in my backyard, believing deep in my heart that at some turn I would become Wonder Woman, only to fall to the ground in a disappointed heap every time. Eventually, that disappointment calcified into an almost immutable chunk of negativity and hopelessness. The story I told myself became a boulder I was lodged beneath that I eventually learned to live with and drag around with me. Fucking exhausting. I've spent my entire life engaged in some form of deep, inner, transformative work. For a while, I was like Batman, angry and dark. Eventually, I found solace, like Dr. Strange did, in spiritual and esoteric learning. At times, I've been like Jean Grey, reckless, powerful, and destructive. Over the years, I've managed to dislodge myself from that terrible boulder. Well, mostly anyway. I mean, it's still there, but I've learned and I'm learning how to let it go. A huge part of that is in rewriting my origin story. 
Instead of perceiving myself as a sad, traumatized little girl, I now see a sweet, creative, and wise young person. I'm increasingly aware of the hero that special girl would grow to become. I often consider, who would I be today if I had felt safe, seen, and loved as a child? Then I strive to be that person, a confident, capable, open, and loving woman, which honestly sounds a lot easier than it actually is. I have to work with, heal, and reassure many wounded parts of me who still think I'm a vulnerable kid. I get a bit irritated when people say things like, I tried counseling and it didn't work for me. While I respect and understand that counseling isn't necessarily the best way for everyone to do healing work, this statement is a cop-out. Say you didn't like it. Say you made the conscious choice to find another healing modality that's a better fit for you. Or honestly admit that it scared you. But don't say it didn't work for you. Counseling isn't a magic bullet. It requires your investment in all the ways. Time, money, and effort. It's not necessarily fun. And it takes a heck of a lot of courage. It also requires a solid relationship between you and your therapist. Too many people just choose this person based on who accepts their insurance or who's conveniently located or something like that, but it's really important that you find someone who is the right fit for you. You have to trust them enough to be vulnerable with them. And you also have to know that your healing is ultimately your responsibility, not theirs. And as an aside, I'll share here that if you're not sure how to choose a therapist, I have a post on my website titled, appropriately, How to Choose a Therapist, to help you do just that. Go to firebirdcreative.me, and under free content, you'll find my blog, and it's there. Now, I invite you to get out a notebook, or a journal, piece of paper, whatever, something to write with to reflect on some questions. And I encourage people to actually write these out rather than just think about your answers. Writing slows you down. It helps you go a little deeper with the thought process. um, And more will come of it if you actually put pen to paper. So the questions I want you to ponder are, what has been your origin story? How has that story defined you? What wound have you been operating from? What justice have you been seeking? Is this what you want? Does this story you've been telling reflect who you truly are or who you truly want to be? If not, how do you want to revise your story? There are so many factors that contribute to our origin stories that comprise our identities and sense of self, which of course affects how we experience life, what we accomplish, who we partner with, how we pass our brief blip of time on this earth. Season one of Blue Hour will explore some of these factors, providing food for thought and hopefully some inspiration for transformation. I hope you'll join me next time as we go deeper in episode two. Until then, sending you all blessings and love. Be well. 
for listening to Blue Hour. To find out more about me, Adina Arden Cooper, and my work, visit my website at firebirdcreative.me. You can also follow me on Instagram at fire.bird.creative. If you liked this episode, please share it. And if you like this podcast, please review and subscribe. Join me for the next episode. Until then, I'll leave you with the words of Rumi, famed 13th century Persian poet, scholar, and mystic. Wherever you are, and whatever you do, be in love.